Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Alex Merrill. Welcome to the Inspirati. I've enlisted a roster of ultra-talented international creators and curators to join me on this podcast to talk about how they've charted their individual paths, overcome challenges, and found their true artistic selves. From candid conversations with eminent makers to showcasing exciting up-and-comers across the industries of art, music, fashion, entertainment, literature, and design, we get to illuminate our perspectives, learning from these unique stars within the constellation of global creativity. The Inspirati was created for those seeking inspiration and those seeking to inspire. Thanks for listening. Hello, lovely listeners. I have a very special episode for you this week with not one but two fantastic creatives. My longtime friend and former roommate, actress and entrepreneur Shay Mitchell joined me as a guest co-host to interview a massively inspiring girl crush of ours. Our guest is the wonderful Marie Louise Show, one of the world's most fabulous design visionaries, a woman who has breathed new life into her family's group of hotels where each element from the wallpaper to the sun umbrellas works together to create a symphony of delight. We spoke with her about what it was like to grow up quite literally inside a Slim Aaron's photograph, how she struck out in search of her own creative voice, and how that ultimately led her back to running her family's business, and all because of a couple of bathrooms. We also got to hear about how she gets ideas and her overall design philosophy, one that landed her on the cover of Domino magazine last year announcing her latest property. I hope you enjoy this conversation recorded this past summer with two of my favorite creative ladies. But first, I'd like to kick things off with a little bit of history. In the mid-1950s, a plane crash in Africa left only one survivor, British Royal Air Force aviator Michael Graham. News of the crash was widely circulated by the European and American press, and across an ocean in America, a socialite named Patsy Dazzle cut out the article and pasted it into her diary, fascinated by the British soldier's story. They later met on Pelican Point in California and fell in love. The couple traveled the world together and were introduced by a friend to a rugged stretch of cliffs on the Tuscan coast, where they decided to purchase a piece of property. They built a resort on a secluded bay and named it Il Pelicano. After opening in 1965, it became a sort of private club for their illustrious guests, celebrities, politicians, and European royalty. In 1979, the couple decided to sell and turn to their friend Roberto Show, an Italian businessman who had fallen in love with the property. 
55 years after it opened, the hotel is now run by Marie Louise Show, Roberto's daughter, who serves as the CEO and creative director of Il Pelicano Hotel Group, which has since added two more properties to its collection, La Posta Vecchia and Mezzatore, where we had the most incredible vacation. Ugh, wasn't it though? I mean, we had talked about going to Italy together for years and finally we both had this little gap in our schedules and I remember you told me about Mezzatori because you'd met Mary Louise. Exactly. A few years ago, I was invited to a party on the Orient Express train from Paris to Venice. Chic. Seriously chic. So chic that honestly I was surprised to even be invited, but it was organized by my wonderful friend Emily Fitzroy, who is the ultimate travel expert when it comes to Italy. She runs a company called Bellini Travel and she had also invited Marie Louise. Anyway, we had this bonkers 24 hours crossing countries on this fabled train, and Marie Louise is this elegant, charismatic force who lights up a room. And we happened to be seated at the same table for lunch, and it was the first time I'd heard about Il Pelicano. Right, and it has this incredible history with all these fabulous guests like my favorite, Sophia Loren, Jackie O, Charlie Chaplin, Kate Moss. I mean, the minute I said that I might have time for a girl's trip, I remember you checked for a room, but they were fully booked. And then you mentioned their new spot, Mezzatore, which had just opened up on Ischia, which is an island off of Naples. Yeah, I don't normally ball out on fancy hotels because that's never really in my budget. Usually when I travel, I'm adding a few days onto a work trip and sleeping somewhere cheap and cheerful so I can stay longer. The timing just really worked out on this one. We got super lucky. There yeah. was this one little room left <laughs> in a back garden area. And I was like, I'm really sorry. This is the <laughs> smallest room and we're sharing a bed. But I really think this place is going to be worth it. And the night before I got there, I'd been DJing a wedding in France until like four in the morning. And I literally just got in a car in my gown and went straight to the airport to come meet you. And then you got stuck. Yes, I got stuck while I was pregnant, which that combination is not a good one. I mean, talk about hormones, talk about being upset. And you know, anytime I miss a flight or a connection, it's just one less day that I get to spend at the destination of where I'm heading to. Yeah. And so yes, it was not the best travel day. I'd missed a connection, gotten stuck in New York for a night. And so I was going to be getting there a day late. But Probably karma for not telling your friend Alex maybe. that you were pregnant right. until like two days before the trip. Being you didn't like, enjoy by the, the way, sober this... vacation? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Surprise. Yeah. Well, I did land in Naples eventually, super jet lagged with all of this luggage. And I remember getting on a boat that was ripping across the Gulf to the northwest tip of Ischia. And then seen Mezzatori for the first time. It was truly like something out of a dream. I mean, this vibrant terracotta colored 16th century watch tower perched on a cliff above a glittering secluded bay with these stairs that led up to rows of beach umbrellas and a beautiful pool. I mean, I had gotten there just in time for breakfast, which was also laid out in a gorgeous room with wallpaper covered in trees and I'm pretty sure I just immediately drove into a bowl of tomatoes. You remember that correctly. How, by the way, are Italian tomatoes so good? Everywhere Ugh. else on the planet, they're watery and mealy. And there it's like a full-on religious experience. It truly Mamma is. Mamma mia. It truly is. I mean, not to mention, I was having some serious cravings because I was pregnant. But those tomatoes were on another level. You bite into them and they just burst with flavor. I have never to this day had a tomato that tasted as good as the ones on at Mezzatore. Truly. 
Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you had you had pregnancy goggles on when right. it came to flavor for sure. And the, and the cravings were also quite real because mm-hmm. you couldn't get to the menu before you ordered <laughs> a bowl of green olives and then a bowl yep. of hunks of cheese. And they're like, what do you mean hunks of cheese? And you're just like, just give me hunks of cheese. Yeah. Do you remember that waiter Fausto? He was always smiling at your belly and saying, <laughs> lunch for three. Yep. Well, we were definitely ordering for three. However, that is pretty much always the case, though. Is there really such a thing as too much pasta, though? No. I mean, everything we ate there was on another level. I still have dreams about that lemon eucalyptus sorbetto. That might have been one of the most incredible flavors I've ever tasted. I mean, granted, we've been in the sun all day and my skin felt tight mm-hmm. and my mouth was dry. And that was some kind of cold, tart, herbaceous witchery. It was insane. I mean, the whole experience was pure magic. We didn't even want to leave the property. I mean, top to bottom, it was heaven. It really is such a special place. Every little detail is so original and carefully considered without feeling pompous or arrogant at all. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's romantic and cinematic. I just, I don't think I'd ever consider that hotels could be that creative. The sun umbrellas are this gorgeous peachy pink that blends perfectly into the sky behind them when the sun is setting. The staff have these whimsical safari style uniforms that are really disarming when you arrive because there's this playful humor that instantly puts you at ease The plates and cups and saucers and even the curtains in one of the restaurants, I think, have this red pattern on them that apparently is a take on chili peppers because there's a Neapolitan belief that hot peppers bring protection and good luck. Oh, I didn't know that. And I mean, I always have hot sauce in my bag. Swag. (laughs) That's what was so cool about Mezzatore is that there are all these little creative elements you get to discover. I mean, I also love that it's not on Capri, which is the ultra glitzy island nearby. Right. You know, Ischia is way more under the radar. Yeah, totally. If people have heard of it, it's usually because the talented Mr. Ripley was filmed there. Mm -hmm. And that movie is kind of everyone's dream vacation aesthetic. When July hits, we all want to be Dickie Greenleaf and run away to Italy to lounge by the Tyranian Sea. But when we booked our trip, I started looking into Ischia's history and the cultural relevance of the island actually goes back way further. As Greek mythology tells it, the Titan Tiffio, who is depicted as a monstrous figure with flames gushing from his mouth, was angry with Zeus, the ruler of the gods, and sought to destroy him. Zeus defeated Tiffio in battle and as punishment for his rebellion, condemned him to imprisonment under the rocks of Ischia. Tiffio was left to flail in rage, creating volcanoes and causing earthquakes and the famous hot springs of Ischia have been said to be the product of his tears and his breath. There are even towns on the island named after parts of the Titan's body, such as Panza, which is the Neapolitan word for stomach, and Cilio, uh, meaning eyelash. I think even if a lot of people who visit Ischia know that Dickie did his fair share of suntanning there, <laughs> they may not know that they could be eating gelato on top of a fire monster. I mean, that's cool. And we still need to check out the other two hotels they have. What's the story with the third one? That one is on the seaside outside of Rome on a stretch of coastline that was loved by Roman emperors, actually. Tiberius and Marcus Aurelius had their seaside villas there. And La Posta Vecchia was built in 1640 by an Italian prince for visitors because he had a castle nearby. It was later used as a post house, which is where it got its name, La Posta Vecchia, for coaches taking the mail to Rome. And over the years, it had fallen into disrepair. It was actually nearly destroyed by a fire in 1918. And then in 1960, the property was purchased by John Paul Getty, who had built an oil empire that by the 1950s had made him the richest man in the world. 
When they began to excavate the property, they found ruins of a Roman villa beneath the foundation, which was filled with African and Greek marble and mosaics and incredible masonry. Getty fell in love with the ruins and preserved them, building a little museum showcasing a collection of first century artifacts that were discovered on the site. Today, La Posta Vecchia still houses an amazing collection of Getty's artwork, Flemish tapestries, and antique furniture, and you can actually rent the full property. And party like a Roman emperor. Precisely. (laughs) Well, our master plan was actually to go back for a summer 2020 escapade, but that's on hold. So we thought we'd invite Mary Louise to have a chat with us about her creative journey. Yes, and hopefully we can all soak up some of those sunny Italian vibes through learning about her experiences and her sources of inspiration. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. That's exactly what we need. We're here for an Italian lesson. Yes. Perfect. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too, finally. We never never get to see each other. We always miss each other. I know. We're always in the wrong place at the wrong time. But first and foremost, it is so wonderful to finally meet you. I mean, obviously, it's a massive bummer that we're not doing this in person poolside at one of your hotels. But it was such a thrill to get to visit Mesatore. We actually had this fantasy of coming to Italy and quarantining at Mesatore yeah. and setting up a little podcast studio bungalow so we could spend another summer there. Yeah. I mean, I wish it could. Right? Yeah. If you have space for us, we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are you right now? I'm in Rome. I just came back from three weeks of four weeks of Pelicano. And um, oh. I'm finally in Rome. I'm very happy. So can you start by telling us a little bit about how your family initially became involved with Il Pelicano and what your parents' experience of it was then and how they acquired it? So my dad was in the, I think it was like late, you know, late 60s, end of the 60s. He was a guest there. He was on a boat um, sailing around the Montargentario and he got seasick and he told his friends like I'm checking I heard there's a hotel I'm going to check in there and and the guy was like "Uh, no you're not because they don't accept Italians it was only mainly British and American people my father said you know let me try so he he goes and the first person he sees outside of the door is Charlie Chaplin where did I land and um he he introduces himself to the owner he was much younger than the average age at the time was like I think in his 40s and and he charmed the owners away and so they accepted the Italian and um my mom in the meantime he'd met my mom who only speaks English and so he then started going there for the weekends because it was the only place where she could communicate with people pretty Mm. much so after many years of Pelicanoing, the founders decided to, to sell. And so at that point, they needed an Italian. And they asked him, they said, do you know, do you know anyone who would be interested in buying this place? Because we were, were kind of done. And he thought about it and was not in the hotel business. And he, he loved it so much and kind of wanted to protect it. And so he said, I'll buy it. And so it was the, the Pelicano is a main building with many cottages and all all the cottages were owned by different people. So he started off by buying the main building and then he bought out slowly, slowly all of the cottages. And that's how the Pelicano came around. So like, what was summers like as a kid there? It was like Eloise at the Plaza. I'm sure you read about it. It was really really interesting because, and I realized how formative it was later in life because, you know, it's kind of this this film set nearly in some way and Mm. this, you know, bubble of, 
fabulousness and everyone was so chic and elegant and having just a wonderful time because everyone in the summer on their holidays is at the yeah. on their best you know yeah. they're yeah. Not stressed and so there was just this air of joy and joie de vivre and it was it was amazing and I would hide behind the bushes because kids weren't really allowed at uh, adult parties <laughs> and I would literally hide behind the bushes just checking out all these fabulous things that were happening so um you know it was really great to kind of look into this adult fabulous world yeah it's so interesting that it started off as a hotel in Italy created by a Brit and an American and then it found its way back into Italian hands do you feel like that difference in cultural viewpoint created changes when your family took over well you know I mean I was I was I'd like to say I wasn't even born but I was but (laughs) um no I mean it's funny it still has the same DNA. I mean, it's mainly Brit, British and Americans, and and certainly mainly English speakers. Uh, besides this year, of course, but um, it's it always has that kind of local, but then very international feeling to it. So you know, we still have the same clients. A lot of not too many because uh, a lot of them have you know gone to different lives, but we do still have quite a few clients who come from who've been coming since the opening. Wow. So, you know, we have like 90-year-olds, 80, 90-year-olds coming to the hotel year after year after year. And this is the first year that they don't come. Wow. So right. It's really strange to see. Usually there's such a big, you know, kind of bracket of from 25-year-olds to 90-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think mm-hmm. makes one of the reasons why it makes Pelicano special is that you find such a mixed crowd of interesting people of all ages. And this year, it's 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 mainly Italian speaking and, and and younger, so it's a real change. And going back on your memories of the style of the guests when you were a child, I mean, how has that evolved over the decades you've been there? Well, I mean, style has definitely changed. I think over right. over time, right? And and I think there was more of a innate elegance um, mm-hmm. back then. But still, I mean, people do make a lot of effort. Alex, you've been to the Pelicano, right? I've only been to Mezzatore. Oh my goodness. I know. Okay. This was going to be the summer. I know. I know. We both have friends that have been there so many times. But people, you know, they still really make an effort. I mean, they don't come to dinner in ball gowns, but they do definitely make an effort, which is so nice, you know, especially today that there's all this kind of like athleisure. Go to dinner in a tracksuit. People don't don't do that, put it that way, which is, which is great. It it still feels kind of old world, but with references to obviously today. Amazing. So the second property in the hotel collection that your family acquired was La Posta Vecchia, which was yes. once the residence of John Paul Getty, and I know still houses a fantastic collection of his art. How did it feel to grow up around not only so much historical art, but also on top of a Roman ruin? Well, that, that was another interesting story, because again, my father, I think his driver is, is beauty, really. And, mm. and uh, he shared the same lawyer as John Paul Getty. And, and the lawyer said, you know, Getty wants to sell his house. And my dad said, well, I'll never, you know, I'll never be able to buy it, but let me come see it. And he did. And he fell head over heels for this place because it is quite special. I mean, it's, you know, it's 35 minutes from Rome, 40 minutes from Rome city center. And it's a 1640 villa built on Roman ruins. So it's completely, I mean, completely nuts and, uh, and wonderful on the coast. Rome is a coastal town, but mm-hmm. people never associate mm-hmm. it with being such. It's kind of right. LA without a lot of excitement uh, as LA would have. Yeah, so then he bought that as a, as a home. So we used to go there for the weekends. And then he decided to turn it into a hotel because, I mean, it's a very large house. 
uh, to be going as a family on the weekends. But that was, again, really formative in terms of my, I think, forming my aesthetics a lot because it is an incredible property. It's an amazing house with this amazing, it's one of the biggest private collections of Renaissance furniture. Wow. And, um, and my father acquired it from Getty as is. So when you come today, you literally sleep in the same bed. Getty did, besides mattress, of course, that we changed. <laughs> but, you know, all of the furniture is exactly the same. Wow. We just added more tables in the, in the dining room and more tables and sunbeds on the terrace. But for the rest, it's identical to how Getty had left it. Wow. We're literally just sitting here like daydreaming. We're like, wow. Like, tell us more. <laughs> We're like, can we come quarantine oh, there? Just that so romantic. <laughs> That's where I quarantined, actually. Oh, um, man. I spent a month in Rome, and then I spent another nearly two months at the Posta Vecchia. Wow. So how did our favorite place in the world, Mezzatore, come to join the family? Well, that was, we had been looking to grow the hotel group for about 10 years, and we had seen about 55 properties. And my older brother, who's on the board, and he, he works for the development part of the company and um, consults for all different hotel groups, he said, you have to come see this place. And I said, no, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. I don't want to manage another seasonal hotel. I want to you know, manage either a winter hotel or, 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 or a hotel that is open all year round. And, and so he dropped it. And then he came back to me again and he was like, listen, you have to come see this. And he was really pushing me and it was the 23rd of December, you can imagine how we all get to, you know, by the 23rd right. of December, we're knackered. And he really insisted. I was like, okay, let's just do this. So I, yeah, he yeah. stops, he stops telling me. So we take the ferry to Ischia with waves that were like 10 meters high. And the whole time I was just not, I was not in the mood to be Merry Christmas. And then I, I got there and I was like, Ugh. it was all boarded up, literally the whole thing. Thing was boarded up I mean you couldn't see anything but obviously you could see the property it was right. amazing and I'd never been to Ischia either and wow. so and then I turned around I told my brother was like I'm sorry it was so difficult yeah. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I take it back <laughs> I take it back and you know it's so amazing that property and and and, and obviously all the the practical thoughts of wanting something all year round and this that they just kind of flew out of the window and um and that's how we got it. So it's really thanks to my brother who's really insisting because if it was for me, I hadn't even seen it and I was not in the mood to, to do it. So that's how we got it. And then, you know, after two years of up and down and da da da, then we put our hands on it and we signed the contract in January last year. And then in four months, record time, we did what we can do in terms of interiors, you know, and, and like heavy makeup and, and did a lot of, you know, a little bit of everything everywhere. We didn't go too deep in the renovations just because we didn't have time. We did the graphics, the branding, you name it. We did it all in four months. In fact, if I still think about it, I'm like, oh, how did we do that so quick? And then, and that's how Benzatora came around. Wow. A job very well done. So you have a mother who's a painter. You have a father who's a hotelier. I know your great-grandfather was one of the founders of Kodak. And it's a really interesting balance of both business and creative role models to grow up around. What pulled at your curiosity when you were younger? And how did that lead you to RISD? I was always really interested in, in, in art. Like I was always creative. I, w I was always in, in my imagination a lot. My parents had a really not so fun divorce so I really remember spending a lot of time alone just doing things you know drawing or painting or coming up with like I, I remember setting up like stands in my 
uh, apartment in Rome, hoping someone could come by and like sell them slippers that I had done with like cutouts of this, that, the other. So I was always really quite creative. And obviously my mom is super, super creative. And my dad too, in, in a business way though. Mm. So my mom's literally, you know, a painter and writer. And, and um, so I always knew I wanted to do something creative. And I initially wanted to be a painter or a filmmaker. And then and my, my dad told me, oh, you're never, you know, Italians are a bit more, um, you know, you're a lawyer or you're, you know, a, you know something safer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I told him, you know, I'm going to go to RISD and I'm going to do painting. And he said, oh, well, never make any money from painting. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'll, I'll study architecture because I didn't really know what to do in the creative you know, feel. I knew I wanted to do something creative, potentially painting. But anyway, I thought, well, let me study architecture because I think it's a good basis for anything you do. And at RISD, they teach architecture as a fine art anyway. So it's not about the height of a door or the width of a sink. I mean, you definitely don't get to learn any of that. They just teach you how to think and they teach you critical thinking and kind of questioning everything. And so that's how I came around architecture. And the last thing I was going to ever do was work in the hotel business because I just didn't see it as a creative outlet and then by my dad I think he wanted a return on his investment he was like will you (laughs) will you please you know do you know a bathroom at the Pelican I was like yeah sure I was working as an interior designer in Rome and then I did this bathroom and then I said to him listen I think you need to redo the whole place because it was getting a bit you know it's a bit tired and he said we'll do it so it started off with one bathroom. Yeah. You didn't know what you were signing up for. No, I had no clue. And again, it was the last thing I wanted to do because I didn't know the business at all. Right. And I wasn't interested genuinely in the business. And then when he said, do it, uh, beside being terrorized, I then, you know, over winter, redid the interiors of the main building. And, and my goal was to change it, but to make those old clients feel at home when they came back mm-hmm. like I didn't want to kill it yeah and um I and, and I you know I grew up seeing slim hands take pictures there I grew up seeing all the renovations I, I knew the DNA of the place I knew the style I knew its nature and so I thought listen I'll probably screw it up but I won't screw it up as badly as anyone else who doesn't know the story of this place who doesn't who hasn't breathed it all their lives and so I like I was like, let me go for it. And and I did it over a winter. And then when we reopened, the biggest compliment was an old couple who had been coming since 65. And they said to me, you know, something's changed, but I can't put my finger on it. Wow. And actually everything had changed Mm -hmm. in terms of design. So then I I thought, I'm on the right track. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and so then, you know, I got into then the, graphic materials and then the sales materials I started going down the rabbit hole of absolutely everything and then choosing the plates and you know just putting and and then I was and that was it I was too late to change my mind and I really found it was it is a very creative Mm -hmm. job because there's so much in it there's food there's set design there's interior design there's the shop like Everything I do is a reflection in there is a reflection of my interest. And they really are containers for that, right? And and I think the hotel world's really changed. Before it was just like, it's a good night's sleep, period. Right. You have a nice bedroom, a nice restaurant, and and you know, the general manager would choose the uniforms and the chef would choose the plates. And it was never a symphony. 
instead mm-hmm. the hotel experience is, is it is like a symphony right there's mm-hmm. a director of the orchestra and, and and everyone plays but it has to have a, a, a unique voice so that's what I started doing you've done such an incredible job of creating worlds with these properties of giving spaces their own personality how do you strike that balance you were talking about between acknowledging and paying respect to the history of these spaces and making them timeless and relevant for for the modern guests I think to start off, there's, there's a, I have a natural allergy to trends. I love that. A natural allergy. <laughs> I love that. And a thing that is like trendy or I tend to just go yeah. the other direction. And, and because by definition, it has a beginning and an end, you know? And so for me, it's about I'm here in the, for the long run. And it's not about like bringing a hotel to success in three years because, mm-hmm. I mean, this is what I want to do. And, and uh, this is my family stuff anyway so I think that that approach gave me a lot more space to look down the line instead of like just the bottom line in a few years so yeah I mean I think the balance is first of all in terms of interiors it was never about putting my ego on the place and that's what I found what I find with a lot of hotel renovations it becomes about the architect and their ego and and their thing instead of the place I mean each place and space has its history, has its design history, has its people's history, and all those things stay in the walls. And I think it's about making places speak. Mm-hmm. So I always say it's like blowing off the dust. Like Mezzatorre is obviously a beautiful property, but the interior design before was very, very different. And, and to me, the approach was just like, you know, blow off the dust and make it talk. And it's, you know, it's a whimsical place. It's a fun place. It's a light place. It's a beautiful place. There's so many elements that I just wanted to put in, in a non-pretentious way. I just wanted to look pleasing and, and for you to feel, you know, put a smile on your face. I think things have to put a smile on your face. Well, it definitely did that a million times over. The cheese, the tomatoes, the decor, every single step of, of that place that we took, we were just like happiest as could be. Um, oh, good. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So Slim Aarons has kind of become, you know, the king of Instagram and mood boards for everybody and overall luxury vacation aesthetic, even though he's no longer with us. I know your mother was definitely a muse of his and he took a lot of photographs at your properties. So how did that history with great photographers motivate you to create the books that you've released? Well, the, 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 I remember Slim really well. Like I literally would hang around with him at the Pelicanos. He would take me photographs. And, wow. um, <laughs> so chill. <laughs> which was really nice and yeah my mom was this beautiful, yeah. these amazing pictures of my mom I don't know if you saw them I just re- recreated them um, yeah yes to go with this with this photographer friend which is great she still looks amazing uh. well you know when I was redoing the Pelicano after that bathroom I was like I need to find some history documentation of what it looked like because I could remember but I couldn't really remember that well and so I did remember Slim coming over so said, you know, I called him and I said, Slim, you know, I'm doing this thing. I was really trying to, um, I'd love to get some pictures. And he said, I sold everything to Getty images. Um, They're all in London. I said, okay. So I went to London and I just looked through, went to the archive and there was rows and rows and rows of pictures of Pelicano in boxes. And so when I looked through those, I was like, we have to make a book. Uh And we had previously... There's a wall in the Pelicano has all these black and white pictures from John Swope that are in the book, who was a time photographer. He was a war photographer in the work time. And so we had these two kind of chapters nearly already made. So I called this uh, publisher who does amazing art books called Robert Violet to help me put it together because obviously I had no clue. And, um, and then though it stopped at Slim Aaron's in the 80s, you know, so it felt kind of nostalgic. I go, mm. oh, oh, the Pelicano was, was such a cool place. And so it really felt like it was missing the today part. And, and the only photographer who I really thought was great and who could take really real pictures in the same way Slim did, in a complete different style, but really raw, and, and was Jurgen Teller, which was quite of a dissonance with, mm-hmm. you know, having Slim and then Jurgen. But, um, but I am a bit of a combustion of opposites, so it made <laughs> sense to me. And, and, um, and I sat by kind of chance at the Pelicano having cocktails with someone who ends up to be Jürgen, who I talked to him about the book. And he ends, he's Jürgen's gallerist in New York. And he said, oh my God, I have to introduce you to him. So then I, we called him the following morning and, um, and I said, you know, I'm doing this book and da, 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 da. And would you be interested in doing the third chapter? And he thought it was completely bananas. And he was like, well, send me what you've done so far. And I sent that. And he's like, okay, I'm in. So he came for 10 days and just documented a weekend that we had this big party. And, and that's how the, the whole, you know, photography came around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was already there, but then, you know, we had Jürgen, then we did a cookbook with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Cass Bird came to take pictures. We have a lot of, of, of kind of, there's definitely photography in the DNA there. Yeah. yeah. Artists in residence. Yeah, and, and, and we have um, we have a lot of photographers and artists and who come all the time. So there's there, there's something to be done more. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely I want to do more photography projects. You've also 
done several fashion and design collaborations as well with APC, Olympia Latin, Birkenstocks, which brings us to a very exciting launch, Issimo. Mm -hmm. Which is like I'll never forget launching a project during a pandemic. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, it's amazing because it's it's basically the ultimate digital destination for Italophiles, and none of us can get there right now, so it's kind of perfect timing. Yeah. Tell us about it and and what it was like to bring it into the world in such turbulent circumstances. Well, I had been working. It was an idea that I had two years, right? Because of the hotel process to, to add hotels to our group takes so long because there's so many variables and we have to find the right place. So as mm -hmm. I was saying, to get Mezzatore, it took us 10 years. And, and it's quite a long and slow process that can or cannot work. So I, wa I really was thinking, like, how can I create an online hotel experience without obviously making a hotel but and and which is much also shorter in some way in terms of time and then i started thinking of of how i could capitalize and on the things that i had done right i, I curate absolutely everything in the hotels so but uh, mm, so everything started adding up to making a website so that was about two years ago then mezzatorre came along so i had to stop that but in the meantime i had started you know, also doing all these collabs that we have right now, because that's what we had done in the hotel in, in the past years, as Alex was saying. So then we stopped for about six, eight months to, to launch Mezzatore. And then September started again with the objective of, of, uh, of launching it on, in April. And, um, you know, it's really a place that reflected our style, our taste, interest, and a place where for me, Simo is about everything Italian, from travel to culture to food to design to you name it. And so, and so, you know, we're working on all these things. And I don't come from an econ background, so it was a really intense learning curve, but super fun. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit, and I was like, Ugh. Um, well, I, I suffered the lockdown terribly. Like the first month was really difficult. So I obviously saw just a black screen in front mm -hmm. of me. I was like, I'm not even going to launch this. I'm never going to do my job again. I mean, life is over pretty much. And then um, I don't know what happened, but something kicked in. I was like, it, it's the time actually to talk about Italy. There's no better time to do this. And so we worked for, you know, we delayed obviously the launch for by one month because we were supposed to launch during the Salon and the Milan Furniture Fair with the wallpaper project. And we had all these different launches because of the, all the different categories we have in Isma. Anyway, that didn't pan out. And then I was like, all right, let's just, let's just do it. And we launched it. And the whole, at that point, everyone was in lockdown. Right. The entire world. And, 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 and I think, you know, people were happy about seeing something that was a break from like bad news pretty much. And, and, and that took you to a place that everyone has a bit in their heart. I think everyone has a little corner of Italy somewhere in them um, because it is quite an extraordinary country. I don't think there's so many places that have such high quality that ranges from design, art, art history, architecture, food, you name it. Italy is really mm -hmm. about quality. And so it was really nice. Like we've had amazing response to it because as Alex was saying, it's a moment that people can't travel mm -hmm. and they want to, to at least fantasize about it. So there's, it's 50% is e-com. So you can get, you know, the, our best seller is the pink umbrella from Ischia, which I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, who's <laughs> going to buy like sun umbrellas? Are you getting tagged? Like, are you seeing where they're popping up around the world? No, I should, I should ask. 
because it's so cute. I did. I, I met someone at the Pelicano who comes from Ecom, and I told them we were talking about the project, and I said it's so funny, you know, that the thing that we're selling the most is the sun umbrellas. Right. And she said, oh, I know, I bought 12. For no. Like, oh. Yeah, she bought 12 for her townhouse in London. So, you know, I just imagine this townhouse. With yes. On top with all these pink, like, pagoda umbrellas. So I should probably say, please send us pictures of where you put those something. You should, you should do a little series that's like, where did yeah, it end up around the up? world? I, yeah, I should, you're right. I think I heard you say something about how you chose that color based on the sunset, one of the colors within the sunset. Yes. So, you you know, the, the sunset in East gets quite amazing. Mm. You don't physically see the sun unless you go to a certain spot. But from that place outside the thermal baths, now you see this beautiful, it's this beautiful kind of uh, bay. And then the colors are just extraordinary. And so there's a point, I think it's like around eight that that pink just hits and it's the same height as the umbrellas and that I was like I need to make it kind of disappear in some way because I think that those are the fun things that happen with interior design that's the filmmaker in you how much time yeah, do you no, there you go right <laughs> it's coming out how much time do you spend at the property before you kind of feel you know how you want to go with it in the design space it's quite instinctive to be honest mm-hmm. okay it's, it's just like alien I know I know the feeling I wanted to have so I wanted Mm. it to be like the younger sister of the Pelicano I mean it's Mm. not that the Pelicano is formal but it has a much longer history and a different clients and everything so I I wanted to make this a bit more quirky than the Pelicano is Mm -hmm. and also because there's Luchino Visconti's house in the garden upstairs up the hill if you've seen it and you know he was quite an extraordinary very whimsical character so it was kind of like that was the feel uh, of excitement and and in Ischia there wasn't something like that um mm-hmm. there's amazing properties but you know Ischia had its heyday in the 50s and then kind of had a bit of a slower down and then hopefully now it's picking up again because it's an extraordinary island beautiful it's beautiful yeah, how much time really amazing how much time do you actually spend at home then in Rome like how much time are you there well, in the summer, I'm never here. Let's say like from May to September, I'm always hopping through the hotels. Um, and then in, in the winter, when the hotels close, because they're all seasonal. Right. Um, I, we have our headquarters are in Rome. So I'm in, I was in Rome at least two, maybe two weeks a month, but not that much because I okay. travel a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. And, um, and so I think that's going to change too. <laughs> And how would you describe your own personal aesthetic at home? I mean, I can see those beautiful pieces of art behind you, but I'm so curious. You design for all the hotels when your own space. What's sort of your design aesthetic? It's really mixed. Like, I, I, I actually, the first two days before lockdown, I moved to my new flat. And so when there was actually full on lockdown, I was full of boxes and I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, kind of perfect timing. It was kind yeah. of perfect timing, but then, you know, moving is really emotional, yeah. right? Like yeah. there's like, so I was stuck at home with all these boxes and my life in a box pretty much. So, but anyway, it's really mixed. I live in a 15th century building in Rome. You know, I have from Marcel Breuer chairs to Corbusier to, oh. um, it's really mixed media. I, I sh- I'd love to take you around. So, you know, it's a mix. It's a 15th century building, but I did it all kind of quite uh, modernist, but just pieces I like. Again, it's not that I sit and I think, does this match? Does this not right, match? That's right. That. It's just things that I like and 
it's few pieces, but good ones. Less is more. <laughs> yes. So your work is extremely social. Do you draw more energy from being alone or social? To be honest, both. Because one of the beautiful things of the hotel business is that, you know, I think we all tend to hang out with people who are more or less in our same business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the hotel business, you don't because everyone comes like from the finance guy from Chicago to the painter from South Africa. And, and that's what makes it really interesting and really enriching because I'm, I'm curious. So I, I've learned so much from Mm -hmm. people and it's like the world comes to your living room. So you travel without really traveling. So that's definitely a massive inspiration. And, and again, I learn a lot, a lot. And, and a lot of the collabs that I've done so far came out of that, came out right. of meeting people at the hotel and, and doing projects together. But I most definitely need my quiet time, which is what I'm doing this week. I'm just, you know, going to the office at nine, coming back at six, and then uh, because I need space in my head to, to think. Yeah. And what is that alone time for you? Like researching, reading? Yeah. Quiet music. I listen to music all day long. Um, I find that very inspiring. Yeah. Um, and then I just, I, I, I'm just curious. So, you know, yes, I was looking through my books and from architecture to film, to design, to art, to monography. I mean, you name it. it everything is, a, is, a, is an idea. Because again, I think RISD was really formative in that, is that it really taught you how to by not teaching you boundaries in some way, everything could be a source mm-hmm. of inspiration mm-hmm. for everything. And it's just, I think, about keeping an open mind and being curious. Right. So in growing up around athletes on top of Roman ruins, immersed in culture, how do you think the concept of nature versus nurture plays into your personal sense of aesthetics? Like, how much of it is an amalgamation of influences that you learned throughout your life versus your instinctual innate perspective or are they linked or how, what's that relationship like for you? I think it's always a mix of things, you know, like I think certainly growing up in, in, in those places and in Italy is, is very formative, right? Because mm-hmm. there's, you have this sense of color and proportions and composition in everything. So, you know, I walk down the street and, and there's, there's that. So it's a, it's a very visual country, obviously. And, and, and I think obviously that forms you, but you also have to have that in your DNA a bit, that your, maybe your talent or your thing is your eye or your ear or whatever. So in my case, I think it was a bit of both. I think I come from a very strongly aesthetic family. Both my mom and my dad have great eyes. And then growing up in the city and then having that in my bloodstream in some way so I do think it's always no nothing is alone it's always interconnected in some way isn't it right of course one of the things you're known for with your collection of hotels is how they each have this wonderful balance of elegance and sophistication contrasted with this low-key wildness which is you know probably partly because of the natural terrain partly because none of them are in expected overly touristic locations but also You've instilled this warmth and kindness into the DNA of your properties that has allowed them to really steer clear of arrogance and of losing personality in pursuit of perfection. How do you hope that guests will interact with these spaces and remember their time there? 
Well, I just don't think arrogance does anything for anyone, you know, in general. So as a and yet it's being, so popular. Course, <laughs> it's so popular. It's so passe. I, it's a real old trend, that one, isn't it? Um, it's really, and I, and I think arrogance is in everything. It's from people. It's from the way you design things. It's it's it, it's certainly how you make feel people feel, right? And so I, I don't think, I mean. <laughs> Who needs a place where you go in and you feel intimidated? I mean, who cares? I don't want to go into a place like that. And I don't think anyone wants to go in a place like that. So, right. you know, everything is try and do it as as, as elegantly as, as possible and, and make one feel that they are in some sort of wonderful world, but also make you feel comfortable. I mean, the last thing I'd want is someone to pay to be uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, it doesn't work. No, absolutely. How would you describe your personal relationship to inspiration? Like how do ideas come to you? I get really excited about stuff. There's like a very childish, like excitement. Mm -hmm. So if I discover something or if something is amazing, I just get like, (gasps) and you know, I, when, when I go to the office, I'm like, I have an idea. The problem is I always have ideas. The whole, you see the whole office go, Oh man. (laughs) And it's usually really complicated to execute, but then it seems like, Oh yeah, of course. Like so fun to think it up, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. But I think again, like, it just kind of comes and 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 being curious i i'm i'm always on open to things that happen and i see and so it it just kind of flows and mm-hmm. and then and i have this like again this little match inside of me that just like lights up i'm like oh we have to do this and you were talking earlier about how the world kind of comes to you mm-hmm. in yeah. these places i mean you're running not one but three meccas also for creative powerhouses whether it's the photographers who've come through or fashion people or all of that do any chance encounters really stick out or illuminating conversations that you've had or is that just run oh, absolutely no no absolutely absolutely I, I i love to listen to people so you know we had this like whole series of conversations at the at the bar so I meet so many interesting people every year and 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 I thought it'd be so nice if other guests could meet these people and get inspired and 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 learn about this person maybe they don't know about them so every year we have like five six conversations with just extraordinary Italians so you know we've had from Paolo Paolo Roversi who gave one of the coolest conversations and it's it's literally at the bar. There's no mic. There's, there's mm-hmm. not anything complicated. It's like four couches. Whoever wants to join, grabs a gin tonic, comes over and sits and Paolo talks and then people ask questions. And, you know, it's so nice also to break that thing of like that well-known person and me as a guest. No one's changing the world here. We're all, everyone's good in what they do, but like, let's just be nice and, right. and, and easy. So we had, you know, three generations of Missoni, which was really interesting. We had Angela, Rosita, and Margarita talking about running a female company, passing it down in generations. So that was really interesting. And we do about, yeah, five, six years. Livia first with her eco-age was like, she's a real pioneer of like, you know, sustainability. And and so I tried to share my experiences with the guests too, because I think you leave, again, a hotel is not about a good night's sleep. and, And I don't think it's about... They talk about experiential travel, which I think is very bloody overused. I think it's emotional. I think what people want is to be touched, is to be emotional, you know, is to be able to smile. Mm -hmm. It's the tiny, tiny little bit 
bits and pieces that I think make the whole. Mm-hmm. So, so where I get inspiration, I try to share it. Yeah. How important do you feel like community is to these to these properties with the talks very, you're doing? And... Very. It's it's really important. I think it's really important to feel you fit in and you belong and you are part of something, right? And yeah. we all, you know, it's a bit tribal. Like we gravitate to, towards different places um, that make you feel like you know that you're in tune with it. So I think the the whole the, all of the hotels. There's quite different guests, so it's it's interesting. To, see who is more aligned with one property or the other then there's obviously a philosophy a base philosophy which is the same for all of them but each hotel has really its own personality we didn't standardize anything because it doesn't make sense like i someone said oh why do you call all the hotels pelicano i was like well that makes zero sense (laughs) pelicano is one thing mezzatorre is another like why do you want to flatten it when Mm. it's it's like i always say hotels are like people I think no everyone has their own personality and 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 you have to build that up on the hotel experience mm-hmm. and and the more interesting and the more layers you have as a human being personally I find that more interesting than just you know someone who's pretty and then you scratch the surface and you're like you know the lights mm-hmm. are on but there's no one home pretty much so <laughs> agreed That was awesome. That was amazing. Even though we're sitting in a booth of a closed restaurant in Vancouver, I mean, that was like magical. I did just escape to Italy for a moment. And I also love that you're beginning your workday and it is 12, it's midnight. It's midnight here, but now I'm amped up. (laughs) Her baby's upstairs. (laughs) I'm just daydreaming this whole time. Like it's going to be hard to sleep, but that was so incredible. I learned a lot. We can do another from Iski, I'm going on Friday. Oh so my ha- God. No, I'm going, I'm going next Monday for 10 days. Wow. This will be the whole podcast. It's just yeah. conversations with you at all of your hotels. Yes. yes. Yeah. That was incredible. Well, thank you so much yeah. for taking the time. Thank to you, chat with girls. Us. This was really fun. And the next and time we'll do it in person. I hope to see you in my neck of the woods at some point. Absolutely. It'll be our first stop when we Absolutely. can go anywhere. That is the First stop. <laughs> Va bene. Yeah, Ciao, no. ragazze. Ciao. Ciao. Bye. <laughs> and that beautiful people concludes this episode of the Inspirati. I hope you picked up some inspiration to take into your day. Please rate, review, subscribe, and leave a comment if you're enjoying these conversations. You can follow The Inspirati on Instagram or find me at alex.merrill. Stay inspired and keep creating. The world needs it more than ever. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.